De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast. An I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the revenue generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to talk about effective go-to-market strategies and post-acquisition models. Joining us is Howard Lux, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at IOTA, which is a data transformation company serving global enterprises. As the world's largest data onboarding and audience intelligence firm, IOTA brings a depth of experience in adapting data strategies to be consumer-friendly, addressable, and scalable in omni-channel environments. So far this week, Howard and I have talked about commercial go-to-market strategies. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing post-acquisition revenue gen models. Okay, here's my conversation with Howard Lux, the Chief Revenue Officer at IOTA. Howard, you said you would come back. Thank you for coming back. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, Doug, thank you for having me back. It's good to be here. It's good to have you back. So dumb question. I'm in marketing. I'm good at asking dumb questions. Aren't post-acquisition RevGen models just squished down versions of the acquired model? Is this just a one-minute episode, Howard? (laughs) Is that just what we're going to learn from this? You just squish the model you already have. Disabuse me of that notion. Just re-listen to podcast number one and we're done. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's no, they're, they're very much not, at least in my world. So IOTA has had the good fortune of being acquired. We, we were acquired roughly five months ago by Dun & Bradstreet. So we are now IOTA, a Dun & Bradstreet company. IOTA was actually also purchased alongside a business called NetWise. And our businesses are Standing independent, and we have inherited a number of key Dun and Bradstreet digital employees, and, and we're forming a new entity. That new entity is a now a combination of B two B and consumer assets, and so it, it has at least you know, turned my commercial team on its head a bit in the sense that we were great generalists, right? We sold a little bit of everything. You wanted some automotive data, great, we're automotive experts. You wanted some B2B data, great, today we're B2B experts. And now we really need to become B2B experts, right? And I think Dunn and Bradstreet's hypothesis on sort of acquiring us is that the business profile or the persona of a business person has shifted greatly over the past two years in terms of where you reach them, right? And, And the notion of Somebody going back to an office nine to five, you know, five days a week has probably gone away forever. And so how do they harness all of the consumer data that we have to enrich business profile information? And so that's kind of the hypothesis and and why I've been acquired. And so we are forced in a place where we are 
we as in our sales team are needing to learn a lot about the business sector quickly. And the business sector needs to learn a lot about the consumer sector quickly. And so that was a very long ramble. To answer your question directly, I don't yet know only being five months in what the right commercial model is. However, taking a playbook from my consumer-centric view of the world, what I have tried to do in the early days is simply create a sort of buddy system or, or pods, right? So in my agency-focused sales organization, I have now created holding company pods that has a consumer and B2B sales representative that can jointly go into an account and together sort of service the needs of, of that. And so I'll use a good, easy example because it cuts across both cleanly. But if we're going to call on Microsoft, we can now talk intelligently to Microsoft if they want to sell web services to an IT decision maker or if they want to sell more Xboxes, right? We have the ability to do that. But since both teams are getting up to speed and clients are trying to understand who they should call on, I feel it's easier to just right now say, here is an alias for the WPP or publicists or Omnicom pod. You email that, the most appropriate person will get back to you and we will figure out how to service your account in intelligently. So that's at least in the very short term, how we're thinking about the world. This is a different challenge that I thought we were going to talk about in that, you know, we're not talking about just simply being tucked in, right? IOTA wasn't just simply tucked in somewhere. There was parts of the Dun & Bradstreet organization that were brought together plus another acquisition. So it's not just about your team and managing change for your team and their process. You're talking about really a marriage of three and trying to bring all those things together at once. So I imagine that's a big, big challenge. What do you tend to anchor on to kind of help people navigate that challenge? I think first and foremost, what I try to anchor on, and this is going to sound a little cheesy, is right now it's a little bit of putting my arms around everybody, right? Like I think everybody's very nervous of, will there be redundancies? It's now three sales teams. A lot of us call in the same agencies. Is my job safe, right? Like, Right now, I have that internal battle, or not battle, but something I need to be conscious and sensitive of going on. And so I'm probably over-indexing on a lot more internal strategy meetings, a lot more collaboration in terms of account planning and account strategies, and trying internally to highlight where the Dun & Bradstreet seller and the IOTA seller and the NetWise seller complement one another because they actually are all selling very distinct products. On the NetWise side, they are selling a physical ID graph that gets installed on the client side, right? On the Dun and Bradstreet side, it is very specific business profile information. And on our side, it is 99% consumer. And so right now, I'm very much in a spend a lot of time doing account mapping and internal planning, which we didn't talk about earlier, but it's a very important part of like being client centric and being a successful selling organization, right? Plan, 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 and plan some more. Like who are we calling on? 
who should be going out to that meeting? What are we looking to accomplish? What are they doing today? And I think that has helped keep some level of calm and ease in the organization. And it's you also have to get your internal stakeholders to trust one another now because they're all they're all new to each other. That's how I'm tackling it at the moment. But you've got a better starting point than maybe we framed. And that starting point is that the value prop and that combination of products that have been brought together actually works really well together and makes a lot of sense to your client base. So it's not about glomming something together and trying to make it work in the market. You're at least starting from a place where this is effective for your client base, right? There's complementary pieces. But you called it something that I think is really wise, which is ultimately recognize that people are scared, right? This is a scary thing that you're going through. And so you, you described it in terms of kind of putting your arms around everybody, if you will. And the th- second thing you talked about was, how do we do this together? How are we planning together? And you're using planning as an anchor to get people on the same page. And at some level, I imagine there's a certain amount of vulnerability here too, which is to say, we don't know, right? We're going to figure this out together because what we have here makes sense. Are there pitfalls you've discovered in your five months dealing with this change? Are there things that you wish you could have others not do? In other words, the wise man of five months after acquisition? I mean, I think a few of the pitfalls, one that comes to mind and is is challenging is it's very easy to control a 70-person organization. It is very hard to control an organization that has thousands of people. And contradicting my earlier statement, I think, you know, post any acquisition, you have very, very excited people, right? They've worked very hard in this industry. It's either go public or exit, right? That That is a sign of success. And so salespeople by nature, you know, automatically, who is the Dun and Bradstreet rep that calls an HPE? Who owns HPE? I need to get in front of them and I need to figure out how we go into HPE together. And so you very quickly can lose control of your sales team because they get very focused on this new shiny object and they have the best of intentions at heart. And that can just spin out of control on you incredibly quickly. And then you have it coming in from the other direction too, which is we, Don and Brad, we just acquired these two great companies. They need to be on every sales call that we're on, whether qualified or not, right? And that's a big time suck as well and takes the team away from, you know, our core sales focus. And so that has been very challenging and something I've had to monitor pretty closely. And I'm still not sure how to how to handle that correctly. I think that's one challenge. And then I think the other challenge is a lot of people trying to look like heroes and sell products that they don't quite understand yet. And so how do you get people to sort of raise their hand and admit they need a bit more education and get them to have the patience to be educated? Because I myself am the typical inpatient salesperson that just wants to you know, start seeing dollars roll in and, and a team out meeting with clients, not spending tons of time internally on training and education. And so there's always that weird dichotomy that you have to balance. Right. And you can't have one without the other, right? You've got to invest that time. So I think you did a good job stepping back and, and saying, hey, wait a minute, hold on. Here's my universe. Here are the things I've got to manage. Let's take that other step back. And how big was IOTA prior to acquisition? And then how big is Dun & Bradstreet? IOTA pre-acquisition was 70 folks spread across the world. So IOTA have offices in Australia, Singapore, London, Germany, and 
the states. So we are pretty distributed 70 person organization. Dunn and Bradstreet, ooh, don't quote me on this, are roughly 3,000 people around the world. So truly big co acquire small co. Yes. But it does feel like the big co small co acquisition probably has its benefits as well. You talked about how you're now packaged together with other organizations that make that selling product better. Are there some advantages of being a part of big co? Look, I, I mean, let's state the obvious, right? Not to be flip about it, but like who's IOTA really, right? Like, like from a brand recognition perspective, I'll use my mother as the sort of benchmark. Mom, I work at IOTA. Who are IOTA? What do they do? Mom, I work at Dun and Bradstreet. Dun and Bradstreet, that's amazing. They're such a great company. They've been around for 180 years. That congratulations. It's so exciting. I can't wait to tell all my friends, right? Like the halo effect of that in being able to open up, you know, doors and have meetings and you know, your life as a seller becomes infinitely more easy. You send an email from your Dun and Bradstreet email address and say, Hey, you know, I'm calling on you from Dun and Bradstreet. I'd love to talk to you about, you know, our data assets and some of the things that we could do from you. You're getting that first meeting pretty quickly, right? You send that email from IOTA. There's a little bit of education typically, like we are, you know, a 10 year old data company. We have offices around the world. We've data in 108 markets. Here's our differentiation. You know, here's why you should talk to us over Oracle, right? That friction is gone. I have to say, I'm uh, as a marketer, I'm and a former Coca-Cola employee. I'm thinking, God, those brands really do matter, right? And smaller companies, you know, even the best small companies don't have that brand. So that's a huge lift. That's wind in your sails. And understanding that there are golden handcuffs here and things that we have to be careful about saying, are there pieces of this where you're like, oh, I'm a part of this bigger machine. It's harder to get stuff done. Or do you feel like that revenue model we've been talking about this whole time, that great go-to-market model, do you feel it's actually better supported or do you feel like you're running into the walls of bureaucracy and large co? I'm a very stubborn human being that likes to move fast. And I need to retrain myself to take a breath and understand that everything is going to take a little bit longer. Like things do not move as quickly as... Even simple things like huge benefit of Dunn and Bradstreet, I can now open about eight new heads. That's incredibly exciting. That gives us a lot more horsepower in terms of folks out in the market. I can start building out an AE team, which we haven't had. I've had hunters that I've had to turn into a both a hunter and a farmer. Now I can have hunters go back to hunting and have farmers to support them. But at IOTA, I'd be like, I'm opening up a head tomorrow. It would be on, you know, we'd write up the job spec. It would be on LinkedIn within 48 hours. I'd find a candidate and they'd be hired within a week if everything went well, right? And that's just no longer the reality. It's, you know, it's, I have to write up a job spec. It has to go to lots of people for approval. Things just move slower. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's something I personally and a lot of my team who are used to working at startups need to get used to. I also had the benefit of working for a while at Oracle. And so I have a sense of what it's like to work at a big company with processes and some level of of bureaucracy. Yeah, you're not heading in completely blind. Well, I mean, I think that's our answer here, folks, is, you know, we we, I went in with the hypothesis that your go to market models were just simply squished. It actually sounds like they've been lifted. Little caution here to say that, look, there's there's going to be some change. Bureaucracy is. It is a necessary evil in large organizations, but the resources are there. And most importantly, 
what a great brand lift. So Howard, I really appreciate the conversation. Thanks for sharing what it's like to go through the squish, if you will, and really enjoy talking to you today. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Howard Lux, Chief Revenue Officer at IOTA for joining us. If you would like to learn more about Howard, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit the company website at iota.com. That's E-Y-E-O-T-A.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com, where you have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generated Podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. <laughs>